coach Tony Navarre of Homestead. And uh, okay, and uh, I think uh, Michael is going to be talking with Tony uh, about a number of topics. Go ahead, Mike. All right, thanks, Burglar. Uh, Tony, uh, thanks for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. It's always good to have uh, a friend of the show on and uh, get caught up on a few things here. Um, kind of been a, a tough 2019 for Homestead Hockey in March. Longtime assistant coach Chris Sparts passed away, and in October, a recent graduate Cam Cronick also passed away. You know. People talk about teams being a family, and uh, knowing you as I do and your team, I think this is especially true about Homestead. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's one of those things where we're very fortunate um, in our area to have our own team um, out of Mequon Homestead, and so you know the players really develop that that bond beyond. You know, just the the hockey season. Uh, they come into the, the my my classroom at school for lunch, jokingly called AP lunch, which fits me pretty well. And uh, you know, they see each other in classes and they spend a lot of time together, uh, whether it be cheering for their friends in other sports. Um, but I mean, as as any person that plays hockey knows that the bonds when you you, you create when you're with your friends on bus trips and overnights and hanging out in your locker room and, and whatever else are, are really strong. And, and that's one of the things that, you know, as a, as a coach, I really pride myself on in terms of really trying to develop that, that team culture. And so anytime you lose, lose anybody, it's tough, but it's, it's really hard because, um, you know, in, in coach Sparks's case, again, so young and, and was with the team. I mean, uh, almost 20 years, almost the entire existence of Homestead's hockey, Homestead hockey's program. Um, and just a, just an awesome, an awesome man that was, you know, a huge, huge guy in terms of support for youth athletics and coaching and, and softball out in the West Bend area. And then Cam Cronick, who was our captain last year, um, that again was just so close and, and an amazing young man. So it's, it's been, it's been tough. Okay, and you yourself are a cancer survivor about eight years now, so um, you always do uh, some good games for causes, like you're doing uh, an awareness game, or actually you did that in December, uh, a mental health and breast cancer awareness game in December. Um, I'm assuming that you're going to be doing the coaches versus cancer again uh, in the USM game later on this month. Yep, that's correct. Uh, the USM game is coming up on, the, I want to say it's the 29th. It's a, a Wednesday, the last Wednesday in January. Um, and the, the awareness game um, was really cool. Uh, Reesburg, Wisconsin Dells, um, Austin came over, and they had, we had connected, and they were going to wear their uh, pink breast cancer awareness jerseys. Um, and it made sense. Our our booster, our booster club uh, really stepped up and was able to get our team some some really cool jerseys that honored cam and um yeah the game came together in really about two weeks and um we raised about 150 dollars for breast cancer and about 800 dollars for 
uh, the, the new foundation that Cam's family has set up. So mm. just a, okay. just an amazing event that, that really helped. And then our, our coaches versus cancer game with USM every year is, is a blast. The kids do a great job. Um, you know, it certainly wasn't competitive as, as we would have liked it last year. USM was a, a juggernaut, but um, it still is one of those things where, where we can just say that it's, it's bigger than the game and it's nice for all the kids to, to be able to think about, you know, what they, what they have. So, Okay, that kind of actually ties into my next question. Um, not only do these games raise money to help fight cancer and mental health issues, but it, it impacts your kids too. I mean, tell me a little bit about how, how what they talk about or how it kind of affects them. Um, in, the, in the circumstances of our awareness game, um, right away the players wanted to do something. And it's cool from the, from the teacher perspective, it's really cool to see the guys try to, you know, build that communication and leadership ability. They, they knew they wanted to do something, but they had really no way of knowing what the first steps were. And so, you know, they started reaching out and asking what they could do and how they could help and what did they need to make this happen. And so it was, it was really a neat process to see, you know, again, it wasn't necessarily centered around hockey itself, but they knew that that could be their outlet for trying to raise some awareness and how it, how they could, you know, support the family. And so that, that was a really neat thing. And again, you know, we, we talk about student athletes all the time and it's, it's amazing to work with these guys through hockey, but they, they, the, the growth that, that you see as a coach is, is so much fun. And again, I think that's part of the reason too, that you brought up earlier that, homestead we really try and connect those guys beyond just being on the rink together and uh i was actually snooping around a little bit on your facebook page today and i uh, was reading about how the hockey players it seems like they go to their their friends and classmates games like football or soccer and then like during your season they go to watch uh basketball games if they don't have practice or a game i mean i think that says a lot about your team and uh also about uh the fact that you you're the leader of this group yeah i mean it, it it's cool i i grew up i grew up in eau claire and went to eau claire memorial and i can remember you know the hockey team going to watch the the guys that were on the hockey team play football and going to the basketball games and supporting the the volleyball team and being at events and being really proud of, of playing for the old Abe's. And when I was younger, wanting to be an old Abe. And so that's kind of the culture that I've tried to mirror at Homestead. And it's certainly, it certainly helps. I, the, one of the basketball uh, coaches, uh, social studies teacher also at, at, at Homestead, Joe Kerlick has really been pivotal. He's helped set up some of these connections with the basketball team, with the volleyball team, um, and so it, it's cool. I, I love seeing, I mean, again, it's like leave it to beaver culture, right? We want to have all the kids support everybody in their high school and have the high school be the, the, the game in town and have everybody support their friends, whether it's a, you know, we had, ironically enough, we had a bunch of the boys um, all get together and go to the girls tennis team. It's our girls tennis team one state, but it was uh, 
one of those crazy things where all these guys are lined up and they're supposed to be quiet on the fences and they didn't really know how to cheer for tennis. So it was, it was kind of an interesting, fun little event that they did. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I'm chuckling just thinking about that. So all of this leads into my next topic, which is the Hobie Baker Award. Um, Hobie Baker Character Award is in his 15th year in Wisconsin. Um, it's not always the best player. I mean, it, it can be, uh, but it's the one who displays sportsmanship and character. Uh, what else do you look for in a player that you want to nominate? Um, well, when I look at, at the Hobie Baker for us, it's really kind of that well-rounded kid. And again, it, you know, part of it, part of it is certainly, um, you know, to earn that respect at times, you have to be one of the better players, but it, it doesn't have to be that way. And so it really ends up being, who's the kid that, that wants to help the, the others on the team? Who's the one that steps outside the box and volunteers? Who's the one that, um, tries to get involved outside of, you know, something that supports just what they're doing or, or merit award hours or grades. Do I, do I get emails from other teachers saying, Hey, it's been really great having, you know, the student in class or, or sometimes not getting the email that says what's wrong with this hockey player in my class. I don't get that too often, but it, it's all of those things. And so I really try and look for that well-rounded, kid that that works hard and and not just on the ice everywhere in his in his life and sometimes he can be a quiet leader okay um so junior jokingly uh before we started the show um had asked a question but you had dropped off and he said uh would you be okay kind of uh maybe uh, dis not, not disparaging, but giving a little crap to these coaches that don't or haven't been nominating players. I mean, w w why do you think it is that some coaches don't nominate a player? I believe we've never had higher than 70 or 72 percent, and there's really no reason it shouldn't be closer to 100. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I can't speak for why they don't. Um, the, the Hobie Baker Association really makes it an easy process. Maybe that can be a deterrent. Like, you know, I, I mean, again, hockey season and, and I've got three kids and, and my wife works hard. And so things get busy and maybe it's just one more thing on the plate. But I, I mean, again, it's, there's, there's a number of ways that you can get, get in touch with them. They, you know, they have the forms you can fill out online or you can fill out a paper copy or you can email the association. Um, and, and for me, it's it just, it, it's another way to recognize kids for being better than just, you know, a hockey player. It, it you know, expands their role in giving kids reinforcement in all sorts of ways just is a valuable thing. Again, it's with the teaching background and, 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 children myself that positive reinforcement hopefully creates that ripple effect of being better yeah i agree and i've i've said this many times and this is one of my pet peeves is you know why we can't get close to 100 percent because i mean let's face it if you put 
Hobie Character Award winner on a college application, that's going to be a plus. If you put it on a resume for a, a job that you're applying for, that's going to be a plus. I mean, really, there's no downside to it. No, and, and again, I you know some there's there's enough also awareness of the award and the availability and how to find it and how to get to it that I don't think that you know not knowing that it exists is a deterrent. Um, again, I, it was one of those things where when I found out about it, it just made sense. So, yeah, I I mean, again, I hope, I hope more coaches do it again. It's a, it's also a way, you know, there, there's always the MVP. There's always the kid that might be the top points leader on the team or, you know, the, the best player who maybe isn't a leader, but recognizing some of those players that, again, as it says in the, in the form, you know, it doesn't have to be the best player. Um, we're looking for the best person. And so that, I mean, again, it's an, it's another way to reinforce people being kind to each other, being, being a solid citizen. Okay. And we definitely need more of that. So let's move on to uh, Homestead hockey uh, this year. Probably not the kind of season that you would hope for. I believe your record is, six and seven right around 500 but i mean you've had some tough losses you've lost to arrowhead who's up in our our top six uh rwd's had a pretty good team uh fondy springs has been at the top of the d2 heap uh oregon sun prairie cedarburg all pretty good teams but the good news is uh you're on a three-game winning streak right now so tell me a little bit about how the season has gone so far well for us we we've got a pretty inexperienced team when it comes to varsity experience. Um, again, we, we benefit. I think our youth program has been improving in the last few years, but we benefited from some really, really solid players. I mean, when, when you can list off Sean Driscoll, Jackson Katz, Drew Gebhardt, Peter Stastny, like rip off a whole bunch of 60 point guys. I've, I've certainly been blessed with having, some really, really high talent level. Um, and this year we're really learning how to do it more as a team and, and spread that wealth. There's not, I would say, any one player that we can just rely on to, you know, take over a game for us. Um, but the guys have been improving and learning how to work in a system. Um, some of our top scores are freshmen and sophomores. We've got you know, uh, two freshman forwards that are getting significant playing time. We've got three sophomore defenders that are getting significant playing time. And so I think that's been really good for what we're looking for in the future. Um, Chase Colega is our goaltender. Um, and, um, he, he has the ability to completely take over a game on his own. Uh, we played Bayport this year and, and they were the better team. They outshot us 55 to eight. They they kept the puck in our zone, and Chase played unbelievable, quite possibly one of the best games I've seen any goalie ever play, um, and we won 1-0. Uh, I mean, it was maybe not fun to watch from the coaching perspective of we only had eight shots on goal, um, but watching Chase play the way that he he is capable of was, was really cool. Um, but then we, we started to, to get better. And so there's, there's a few steps back. We didn't play our best game against Oregon, but we responded by playing a tight game with Sun Prairie. Um, 
we, we came back and beat WNS after they had beaten us in overtime this year. Uh, we put ourselves in a position to possibly win our conference again this year. So I'm, I'm really happy with where we are. I think it's taken us about 10 games to sort of figure things out. So I'm hoping that we're, we're now on this three-game win streak, and our next game is up in De Pere, and they're going to be tough. They're tough every year we play them, and they're, they're a physical team, and Capo is a very good coach. And so we've got our work cut out for us up there. So we're just hoping that we can continue to make strides. Okay. And I was going to say, JP is probably one of the funniest coaches too. So that should be a good game. Um, You got 10 10 games. JP is funny. I will give you that. He is. He's hilarious. Uh, You got 10 games left on the schedule, the regular season schedule, in addition uh, to the pier, you got KMMO, USM, Waukesha, uh, Nina Hortonville, Manasha, and Fond du Lac. It doesn't get any easier, does it? No, and and again, if you know, we want to. A homestead always wants to be a competitive team. Um, we we schedule difficult games because we want the guys to improve, and, and you know, some of the some of the guys aren't destined for for things maybe necessarily after high school, but we have those players that have those goals and so we always want to make sure that we balance the rigor of our our schedule um with the ability of our team but i i think you know the guys experiencing some of that like wow this is this is what it means to be you know a hard-working or physical team uh you know we get you know hortonville manashulator and they always are very strong very fast um and so for our young guys to play against that they're they're going to learn they're going to learn some some lessons in that game. Uh, USM, the the skill level is just it's always off the charts. It'll be nice for the guys to say, "Wow, this is what this is what we have to do if we want to get to this level. We have to work hard. We have to develop this skill." And so uh, it's some balance. And again, we want to we want to win some games, but I think the development of the players is is also one of those things that I always keep in mind when we work on a schedule. So yeah, it doesn't get any easier, but it'll certainly be fun. And it'll probably be a pretty good warm-up for the playoffs, too. And speaking of the playoffs, uh, we'll just uh, touch on one more topic here quick before we let you go. Uh, Two-division hockey this year. It's the uh, first year of a two-year experiment. I know the, mm-hmm. the coaching association was hoping for an 8-4 and four tournament, and I, I think that it, it looked like it was going to be that way, and then it only ended up being four and four. Uh, what are your thoughts on the the setup so far this year? Um, it, I I think it will be interesting to to see how things play out. Um, was it was it Dan that wrote the article earlier in the year about um, taking the advice of the hockey people the the Wisconsin Hockey Coaches Association and, and really working to give them a little bit more say in how, how hockey progresses in Wisconsin. I think yeah, it came I, out I, somewhere I believe that. it was, yeah. Dan is uh, okay. kind of a, a proponent of the, the better system, uh, better certainly than what we ended up with. Yeah, I mean, again, I echoing some of the things that you said, you know, I just – the Wisconsin Hockey Coaches Association – and, and again, I, I mean, I'm a, a part of it, so sort of biased, I suppose. But from my perspective, wants hockey to be the best it can be in Wisconsin. And the the way that I think decisions are being made from our point of view is that here are 
all of the people that have a vested interest in what hockey looks like in the state and, and there's suggestions that are being put forth that may not be given the amount of thoughtfulness or uh, direction that it could be. Um, so I don't know how this year is going to look. It's an interesting format. Uh, what we tend to hear is that, you know, it's just not done that way or this isn't how other, other sports do it. Um, and we'd like to say that, you know, you could look at hockey as its own entity because it's kind of got that, you know, strange sort of we've got these co-ops that, that are, are developing and we've got private schools and then there's the public schools and how do we make this fair and how do we make it work for all teams. And I, and I truly think that the Wisconsin Hockey Coaches Association is trying to do those things. And so, again, you just hope that they get, they get a little bit of a, of a say or, or maybe more care in when you're saying, like, this is really what we should do, not, not how these guys maybe see it. So, okay. I don't Burgler? know. It felt like a dodge. We're, we're in political times right now. So uh, no, no, I, I, I hear you. Anybody around. <laughs> no, and we, we know it's, I mean, my opinion is, and I apologize to anybody that have uh, stepchildren that have uh, ginger-colored hair, but um, hockey is kind of like the, the red-headed stepchild. I mean, yeah, people love it, but, you know, maybe sometimes it gets left on the back burner, and I think that's unfortunate. Um, I don't necessarily think in my mind that, the four and four tournament is an improvement over the A-team tournament from last year. The only difference is we're going to see a little bit different composition of the state tournament field this year. Yeah, and, and again, I'm I'm in favor of <clears throat> you know more teams getting uh, getting the option to play in the state tournament. The state tournament is amazing i've been lucky enough to experience it as a coach and a and a player so i mean it's it's an awesome experience um and you do want more kids to be able to have that opportunity but i think there are better ways to do it where you also get the best teams and and that's really also what you're looking for um you know you you want to see the top teams playing each other you want to see the you know, the the Arrowhead Wausau West matchup, the Eau Claire Memorial Notre Dame matchup, the USM Waukesha matchup. It, I mean it, it's good because they're the best teams and they're fast and they're fun to watch and and they 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 play good hockey and that's again the other thing that you want. So I think that was the goal of the coaches association when we put forth eight and four. You know, you, you allow those teams that have historically been strong and fast and, and successful in the state to compete, but you also open it up to maybe four new teams that, that based on enrollment or things like that now have an opportunity also to, to jump in and see. And then for, you know, for the, not to say little guy, but the, the ones that are right there on the edge, the, the Cedarbergs and the Homesteads, um, it, it's not so hard for a team like Homestead that, you know, we get a nice year where we have some good players, but we're not immediately pitted up against a USM or or an Arrowhead in our in our section. Um, and so there are still those opportunities for the other teams to play. So 
think that was really the goal when the coaches brought forth the eight and four. Um, and so that's why I think it was a disappointment when it was kind of adjusted to the four and four. Okay. Uh, Webb Jr. or uh, Burglar got anything to add? No, I think I've beaten that horse enough. <laughs> yeah, we're we're not we're not afraid of offending anybody at the WIAA. We kind of do it regularly. Well, only only when they deserve it, which is regularly. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, Tony Navarre, um, we appreciate having you on tonight. A uh, lot of good stuff, good, uh, good insight into the game and uh, the Homestead Hockey family. Uh, good luck the rest of the way, and uh, thanks again. You take care. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, bye. All right, bye. All right Burglar, back to you. Okay, doke. Uh, let's see, where were we? Oh, we had some games of the week. And I think, uh, Mr. Bill, you get to talk about those. I do. Uh, me and my lovely cameraman uh, made the lengthy 11-minute trek from my front door to Greenheck Fieldhouse here in Weston uh, to see the then number two Central Wisconsin Storm take on the then number one Eau Claire area stars uh the stars were coming into that game uh having just suffered a loss uh tuesday uh to hudson uh first period both teams came out it was a little tentative like they were feeling each other out uh stars had a, a slight lead when the period ended in terms of shots owing largely to a couple of storm penalties uh in the period uh their game really started uh, to open up and take off in the second period. I noticed uh, right away that uh, when the Storm corralled the puck in their defensive zone, um, immediately one of their forwards was taking off into center ice. Um, this is not something they were doing in the first period. And what that did on the Olympic-sized ice sheet at Greenheck is it opened up a lot of room for skating. It turned a 5-on-5 five five in, the, in the defensive zone for them into a 4-on-4 four four with a lot of open room. Uh, there were a couple times they hit that uh, that flyer out in the or cherry picker if you want to look at it that way out in in center ice with a pass and made a good offensive uh, play out of it. But there were um, also you know a couple times where they just used that room to skate and uh, they had a much more effective breakout there in that second period and it really turned the game around for them. Uh, whereas the Stars led shots eight four in the first period, uh, the second period was nine five storm and it felt uh, out there more lopsided than that. Uh, they only scored once in that period, uh, so it was one nothing going into the third. Um, Eau Claire had a couple of really nice chances in front of the net, but the puck was bouncing and they just couldn't uh, corral it and get it into the net. And then there in the third period, uh, the Storm kept it going uh, with uh, three more goals, uh, allowing the Stars just one. And after their, their second goal, the Storm stopped sending that flyer out on the breakout, and they just went into Pete Susan's classic lockdown mode. Um, Pete Susan's both at the Storm and at Wassa West is pretty famous for not giving up a lead once he's got it, and uh, the Storm went into lockdown mode, and, and they shut it down. Um, Abigail, or not Abigail, her sister, uh, whose name I don't have off the top of my head, had 18 saves for the Stars in the loss. Uh, Sydney Weiland had 17 for the Storm in the win. Uh, the Storm are now 10-2-3, with their only losses coming to, uh, their only Wisconsin loss coming to the Cap City Cougars. And the Stars are now 11-2-1, with both losses coming this week to Hudson and the Storm. Um, Junior, you can call her Naomi Stowe. Yes. 
I was going to say Abigail Stowe because we've said that name so many times over the years on the podcast, and I knew that wasn't right. This is just the defensive end of the Stowe show. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, she probably got so good by her sister shooting pucks at her. That's how it works. As, That's how it works in the uh, family. As long as she didn't dent any uh, washers or dryers or garage doors, uh, she probably just, did just fine. And I think this game really worked out for Storm on the the Green Heck Ice Sheet, because I think they're the faster of the two teams. Uh, we saw these two teams play a 1-1 tie earlier in the year at Mosinee. And in this game, the Storm, they really showed off their speed once they started opening up the ice. I think they are the faster of the two teams. Uh, whether or not they're a better team overall is tough to say, but on the big ice sheet, I think that really played in their favor. The second game of the week that I went to was Steve. You 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 found a new cameraman for the second game. I did. I traded in my cameraman for the first game. I wasn't happy with him, so I got a new one for the second game. Um, we went up to Northland Pines to see the renovated dome, uh, which was fantastic, and we'll talk about a bit later. Um, and saw Stevens Point and Northland Pines. Uh, shockingly, uh, Point came into this game with three straight losses: uh, Mosinee, DC Everest, and Wapan. Um, Tom King at one of the Wausau radio stations asked me uh, while I was uh, on Twitter at this game, when was the last time Point lost three games in a row? So I looked it up. It was during the 2013-2014 season. Uh, It was during the showdown in title time. They lost in overtime to Eau Claire Memorial. Then they lost in regulation to Notre Dame Academy. Then they lost in overtime to Superior. Uh, All three of those teams were in Madison that year for the state tournament. It is possible that Mosini, D.C., Everest, and, and Wapan uh, go to the state tournament this year, split between Division Two for Mosini and Wapan and uh, Division One for Everest, but ooh, Everest has got a, a tough road to get there in, in boys' uh, D2 Section 1. Um, but yeah, that was the last time Spash lost three games in a row. It was six years ago. Um, and, of course, knowing that Spash lost three in a row, Trasher and I both thought that uh, this was Pine's game. And if all you looked at was skating and stick handling and uh, picking guys' pockets, you'd be right. This would have been Pine's game because they were a highly skilled team and they play, uh, we've seen this over the years, Pine's is incredibly aggressive, uh, especially in their defensive zone. They chase that puck down and they do not let you settle down and get anything going. Unfortunately for them, that aggression led to way too many chances where they left a Spash player wide open in front of the net. Uh, Spash ended up winning this game 6-3. to three. If you take away the empty netter and uh, a two-on-one that they made a beautiful play on, of the other four goals, all four of them involved a Spash player um, in a high-percentage area who was either uncovered or the guy who was on him was more concerned with trying to smack the puck than than moving the guy out of the way. Um, it was really a, a defensive breakdown for Pines in this game. They gave Spash just way too many high-percentage chances. Um, Spash opened the scoring on a beautiful uh, spinorama goal from Brady Dillingham. He is a right-handed shot. He, he caught the puck uh, just outside the slot on his backhand, um, so he was facing back to the goalie and just spun around and fired it. I'm not even sure he had time to look where he was shooting. Um, but from where he was, uh, yeah, he, he found the corner of the net and made it one nothing. Um, Pines tied it up towards the end of the period. Uh, freshman Hunter Bill, uh, wearing number 26, the Jack Rohde's old number, um, 
Like, you've seen a forward dangle a defenseman before and get his feet locked up, but uh, he tied up this Spash defenseman so badly, the, fast, the Spash defenseman actually tripped over himself and ended up down on the ice. Uh, it was a beautiful toe drag and move around him. Um, so it was just one-on-one against the goalie, and uh, Bill beat uh, Jonathan Nafe, uh, Spash's number three goalie, who was starting in this, in this game, uh, to tie it up. And then through the second period, Spash got, or Pines got one more, and then they took... Three penalties in the last three minutes of the period. Uh, that gave Spash a minute 27 of five on three to open the third period. And Spash did what we've all seen them do many times over the last years, is they scored three goals in about three minutes um, and just made it uh, made the lead too big. Um, Pines would cut it to four to three, but uh, Spash really had it in the bag at that point. Uh, Jonathan Nafe, uh, who, as I said, is Spash's third goalie. His only starts this season, uh, he had their start against uh, East Merrill, and then each of Spash's three goalies got one start in the showdown in Titletown, so he played their win over Superior. Uh, this was his third start of the season. Uh, he had uh, 27, or he faced 27 shots, uh, had 24 saves, according to the score sheet, so he didn't hit that magic 90% that everybody always looks for, but he had a fantastic game. Uh, Pines was flying over, flying around the zone. Every shot they took came off of a pass with motion. Uh, he had a just a wonderful game, and um, I know Weersba is a, is a great goalie for, for Spash, but the way that, that um, Nafe played in this game, I would leave him out there for the next one um, until he doesn't play like this. It was, it was that good. Um, especially for his third varsity start. He didn't get any starts as a freshman. He was their JV goalie. Uh, he had a he had a great game. Yeah, and we, we talked about it a little bit, too, while we were there. Uh, I mean, not every save was great. You know, a goalie in the course of a game, 25 saves, whatever, will have some pedestrian saves. But he had that... You saw, I think, on, on my end when I was taking pictures down there, a couple of really nice stops. And then on the other end when I came down and stood by you, he, I counted three that I don't know how the puck did not go in the net. I mean, these were highlight reel saves. Uh, the kid is big. He's like 6'5", 210 or something along those lines, and he's only a sophomore, but you're right, Junior. I mean, he did a heck of a job in that game, and uh, I think both of us put him as our, our first star or player of the game. Yeah, the the percentage of Pine's shots that came with some kind of motion, um, cross-ice motion, was incredibly high, so to make saves on those at the rate he did is, is really impressive. Yep. Alrighty. Thanks for that. Uh, moving along, we have uh, what comes next here. The uh, Wyndham Garden Inn of Fitchburg, the Players of the Week. Uh, let's see if Trasher remembers how to pronounce these names. Sure. I'll try my bestest. Uh, Wyndham Garden Inn of Fitchburg is the state tournament headquarters for Wisconsin prep hockey. We like them. They like us. Let's hope we can do it for many more years. On the girls' side, player of the week is Emma Quimby, a senior goalie from Hayward. On Thursday, she had a 28-save shutout and a 6 to nothing win over North Shore, Minnesota. 
on Saturday, 19 saves shot out in a 4 to nothing win over Northam Pines. So if you're counting at home, that's 47 of 47. Not too awful shabby. On the boys' side, Noah Egg Bally forward. He is a junior from university school. In the game on Tuesday night, he had two goals and an assist in a 5-1 to win over Madison Edgewood. And on Friday, three goals and two assists in uh, a pitcher's duel, a 9-8 win over Sun Prairie. So Noah had five goals and three assists in two games, and that's good enough to make him the boys' player of the week. Emma Quimby on the girls' side, Noah Eggbally on the boys' side. The Wyndham Garden Inn of Fitchburg, players of the week. Burglar, I'll send it back to you. Given the, the schedule that they play, USM is is only giving up 2.17 goals per game. How did they give up eight in one game? Well, I'm sure we'll have to go back because I'm sure uh, Tommy G wrote it up, and we'll have to go back and look at the story on the uh, Wisconsin Prep Hockey website. I think I figured it out. Uh, Sun Prairie was five for seven on the power play. Ah. That'll do it. I haven't. Uh, that's that, that's a good start. I haven't had a chance to put the story up yet. I just got it this morning. Um, the uh, two teams combined for 55 penalty minutes. So uh, wow. yeah, five five of seven. That's probably. Uh, Coach Jason Wood says uh, it was the craziest game he's ever been a part of. Goals galore, penalties galore, insane. So. Yeah, definitely different. You don't normally see USM involved in a, a slugfest like that. Yeah, I'm just I'm, in, in in many ways. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the the score sheet. In the first period, there was a checking from behind, a boarding, and a head contact. All majors. <laughs> okay, so now we know how things get out of control. Uh, getting things back under control, uh, Bill. Why don't you tell us? Our six-packs for uh, this week. They're almost identical to last week, but the girls had a little more movement than the boys. Uh, Number one for the girls this week is the Central Wisconsin Storm, having knocked off the previous number one Eau Claire Area Stars. Uh, The Cap City Cougars are two, Madison Metro Lynx are three, Eau Claire Area Stars are four, Fox City Stars are five, and the St. Croix Valley Fusion is six. Uh, Division 2 for the boys, Fondy Springs is still number 1, Northland Pines is still number 2, Hayward moves up to 3rd, and Wanakee moves down to 4th, McFarland is 5th, and Superior is 6th. For the D1 boys, it is the same as last week, Verona, Notre Dame, Wausau West, Arrowhead University School, and Hudson. Alrighty, that was short and sweet. Uh, We have some upcoming games of the week for this week. They will both be taking place on Saturday. Uh, for the boys, uh, what, what, that's not its official name, is it? The Showdown Part 2, that's just what we're calling it? Yeah, that's just what we're calling it. Oh, it's, okay. uh, the, I think, some part of the, the Wausau West tournament included uh, Notre Verona, Dame. Wausau West, Notre Dame, and Eau Claire Memorial. Yep. And we are going to be doing the championship game of that tournament as our game of the week. Uh, no spoilers. We all know who it's going to be. We're not saying. Um, on the girls' side, uh, Trasher, you will be heading over to Marshfield. I will. 
uh, Saturday at 1 p.m., that's Central Time. Hayward will be taking on Wisconsin Valley Union at the Marshfield Youth Ice Recreation and something other center, a rink that Burglar said had the nicest bathrooms. So we'll be over there on Saturday, or I will. Yeah, that used to have. Used to have. They've just let them become regular old restrooms now. They are? Oh yeah. man. Last time I... I was there. Last time I was there they were just normal restrooms. Okay. Well, I guess that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um anything else you want to touch on? Oh, we're gonna talk about the uh the renovations at our favorite hockey rink. Oh yeah. That you guys got to see. I didn't. They did, I guess. I'll get up there. I'll get up there uh, probably for the for the Pines Classic. I have to see it. Yeah. Uh, one, the rink is longer. Um, I don't know if they got up to the full length of regulation, but it's real, real close. Um, they replaced all the old lighting with new LED lights, which um, take up much less space visually. And combined with, uh, they actually paint the ice now. Or I don't know if they painted the ice or the floor, but it's white now, which they used to just leave it gray in the past. Uh, those two things combined uh, make the dome itself, the actual wooden structure of the dome, really pop. It looks really, really nice in there now when you like look up um, and look at the dome. Uh, they removed that uh, boxed-in viewing area from the, the end of the rink that I guess it's the visitor's end of the rink. Uh, part of that had to be removed, obviously, to extend uh, the boards to the to the new length, and they put up uh, you know glass wall and glass double doors there, um, and they've got a lot more heaters. I think I don't know if they have more heaters or just better heaters, but it was warmer, um, especially under the heaters. Uh, that was nice, uh, but overall, yeah, everything they did is fantastic. Except I don't like the new boards because we watched an entire boys high school hockey game and I didn't see a single weird bounce. Uh, you go to Pines and you watch a hockey game, you expect at least one weird bounce when someone's ringing the puck around the boards, and they all went how they were supposed to, and uh, that's not that's not as fun. No, especially especially on the the end where the concession stand was. Yeah, I mean, you would see the Pines. I mean, they would just you know shoot the puck wide of the net because you just never knew quite. Well, they apparently knew where it was going to go off those boards, um, but the other team certainly didn't. Yeah, and uh, Trasher got the skinny that apparently they're they're moving the concession stand. Uh, anybody who's been up there knows the concession stand sits in the middle of the lobby area, so you can like access it from all around. Um, but that makes the the area around it kind of cramped. So next year in the off season, they'll be pushing the concession stand off to the side um, to open up that area a bit, which should make it flow a little better and be a little more inviting uh, to stand in plus whatever other rank upgrades they have planned. Alrighty. I look forward to, I'm sure I'm going up there for the show, for the, their, 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 their classic when, uh, Mosinee and Hayward and university school, I believe, uh, are up there for that every year. So anything else you want to talk about? Talk about MJ since he's not here. Talk about Dell since he's not here. Well, we've talked about, Hobie Baker, um, I don't, it, I don't know if the 
the games were canceled or postponed last week, and I'm guessing that a lot of them were, but they weren't noted as such. Um, and I, I saw that there were no stats entered, so I'm guessing that it was probably mostly cancellations and stuff. But um, coaches, managers, whatever, uh, you got a whole bunch of people on your team's uh, parents that would probably be more than happy to enter scores if you don't have time to or or whatnot. But um, please try to get them in, not only for us so we can um, scope out the possible player of the week candidates and such and have it on our leaderboard. But the kids like to see that too. Uh, I've had kids send me emails and say, yeah, my, my stats aren't updated. And I said, well, you have to ask your coach. So guys, uh, try to get them in there as fast as you can, please. Um, home, home team normally will do it within 24 hours. If they're still not in there, the visiting team can feel free to do so after one day. So that's all I got. Yeah, and the head the, right, the head coach should never feel like it's their responsibility to enter the stats. That's what like team managers and assistant coaches are for. Like, just tell one of them to do it; it'll get done. You're the head coach; they listen to Delegate. you. Delegate. Delegate. Okay, yeah, because we have no problem. Um, you know, if you if the coach assigns somebody else a responsibility, you know, let us know. We we'll you know give them access we know how to do that we don't mind you know changing access every year if you have different people that want to do it um yeah it's all easy stuff anyway i think that about does it um thanks for listening uh if you see uh, if you can find mj or dell out there somewhere you know let us know um uh, we've been looking for him but uh otherwise we'll catch you next week thanks for listening to this week in wisconsin prep hockey